What's up, guys? We're back with another Hannah Sports Pod, and today we'll be mostly talking about college basketball and NBA basketball. So, Elliot, what what are your thoughts to start out on the college basketball season this year? So, as of the past month and a half or month, the season's died down from its, from its exciting start. So... The top 10 hasn't really changed much besides like a couple teams like Maryland, Villanova dropping, or Dayton moving in. But as you can see, or as we all can tell pretty much, that it's, it, it's like, there's, I don't know how to say it. It's like, it's such a weird season, Henry. Yeah, there's so many teams this year as... Tom is a Michigan State basketball coach, pointed out that can win the national championship this year and any team could get hot and win six games in a row. Right. Like, you have teams looking into the top ten, like West Virginia, who I believe is a great chance of winning the Big 12 and could potentially get a two or one seed. And they're ranked 13th in the nation. So it's, it's all going to come down to conference tournaments and how the conference play turns out and that's how March is going to be. Yeah, let's get in. One. Yeah, let's get into our favorite team. Sadly, we don't want to have to talk about this, but it will make for some good arguments and content. Let's get into uh Michigan State basketball. So, Elliot, what are your thoughts on Michigan State basketball this season? So right now, sitting at third place in the Big Ten, Michigan State Spartans, 8-4 and four in the conference, sitting behind Maryland and Illinois. It's going to be a rough time to end the season right now. Our schedule is looking like in Michigan this Saturday. It's going to be a great one. Illinois, very good team, well coached. AU Dosmonu, am I saying that right? Dosumo. Dosmonu, I don't know. He's a great player. Very clutch. Um, Maryland, I'm going to be at that game. Hopefully be sh- sharing some on-court things, whatever. That's a very tough game. Nebraska, it's an away game. Can we, first before we get to the rest of the schedule, any, it's, it's so hard to win any away Big Ten game. Not even Big Ten, just any away college basketball game. Yeah, definitely, um. There's no great teams this year, so every team has a shot any single night. As you saw that Stephen F. Austin earlier in the season and Evansville were able to beat powerhouses at like Duke and Kentucky. So this year it's the most wide open it's been since, I don't know how long, 10 years probably. And um, it's when the tournament comes, it's probably going to be the craziest tournament we've ever seen. It's going to be very fun to watch, but I'd be surprised if anybody makes it out of the first day with a correct bracket. But quick little update on Big Ten basketball. Iowa is losing by 21 points at Purdue right now, which shows Iowa is a top four team in the Big Ten right now, 16-6, and and Purdue is... Barely over 500 right now, and they're winning by 21 at home, which shows how hard it is to win on the road in the Big Ten. 
Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this league, especially the Big Ten, plays out. And because there's teams like Indiana, Purdue, and, Michi- and Michigan, Minnesota, etc., that can win the tournament without having a double buy, without having a first round buy. It's just this league that the top, what, 12 teams in the league are going to make the tournament. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a legitimate chance of making this. Yes, I wouldn't say it's a guarantee, but there's a very, very good chance that the Big Ten gets at least 10 schools in. Right now, uh, Minnesota and Purdue are kind of on the cusp, but there's definitely a a strong chance that they get 12 in. Let's go a little bit through the uh, Big Ten standings right now before we get back, before we start talking about Michigan State as we kind of got off topic a little bit there. So right now we have sitting at 8-3. and Um uh, a tie with Maryland, eighteen and four overall, ranked ninth in the country. Illinois, um, eight and three, sixteen and six overall, ranked twentieth in the country. So that's tied for first. Actually, I'm pretty sure Maryland has the edge since they ha- do have head to head over them. And Michigan State is eight and four in third place with a seventeen or sixteen and seven record overall, and. Right behind them is a tie between Penn State, 7-4, uh, 16-6 overall, 22nd in the nation, and Iowa, 7-4, 16-6 overall, 17th in the nation. But Penn State does have head-to-head over Michigan State, so if they win one more game, they should they will have the um, advantage over Michigan State. Now on to kind of... <clears throat> Where it starts to get into not as strong teams. Seven and five Rutgers, six and seven overall. Has been playing well in the past few weeks. Wisconsin, six and five in the conference, thirteen and nine overall. Did lose two of their best three players last week, but did and did beat Michigan State by one at home this weekend. Um Indiana, five and six, also another team to beat Michigan State. Uh fifteen and seven overall. Um Definitely been playing a lot better in these last few weeks. Kind of had a rough stretch this beat this past week, and ish, and um, Ohio State five and six, also fifteen and seven overall. Um, has a lot of talent. Very very good team. Start up season as you could t- as you saw very well. They were ranked second in the nation, possibly getting first, but. Lost in Minnesota and it's been down a lot downhill for there, but they're starting to turn it on a little bit. Um, Purdue, as I spoke earlier, five and six, twelve and ten overall, solid team. Um, Again, another team that beat Michigan State. Yeah, um, definitely needs a few more quality wins like they do have against Iowa tonight. Need to win a road game, especially um, Minnesota, five and six, eleven and ten overall. It's starting to not look as good for them because. 16-16 or 17-17 is not going to get you into the tournament. They need to kind of get hot a little bit here, right? Michigan, 4-7, and 13-9 overall. Had a really good start to the year as they started 7-0. and Got all the way up to fourth in the nation. It's been very downhill as they've had injuries to Isaiah Livers, their best player. But they still have a good chance to turn around. As you saw, they beat the a top three team in the nation right now. Um on to Nebraska and Northwestern. No one really cares about them. They're gonna lose first game of the Big Ten tournament most likely. I'm surprised they even have 
wins in the Big Ten, but I assume that there be first run Big Ten tournament exits, and we won't be worrying about them. Yeah, Northwestern's win was against Nebraska, and Nebraska's two wins were against Iowa and Purdue. So let's just go. Do you want to stick with the Big Ten, or do you want to go just focus on? Well, let's just let me just make one last statement. Um, as you can tell, there's, I mean, there's eleven teams right now that are within three games. Yes, three games of being in first place. So it just shows that at every you have to win every night to win the Big Ten. Win the Big Ten because I'd say I'm not sure if any team below Rutgers has any team except Rutgers is probably the cutoff maybe. But I think Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, Illinois, Maryland all have a very good chance at winning the Big Ten and getting a top four seed in the the tournament. Yeah, um, as you can see, there's five ranked teams in the country. And that just goes to show how 20% of the top 25 is Big Ten. So that... That has to be, like, if you're a big, let's say you're a big Indiana fan, being five and six in the Big Ten is great for an Indiana basketball program just because it's so top-heavy. It's really just... It's not top-heavy. It's not top-heavy, but it's also so balanced. It's not top-heavy at all because the top, the the best team right now, ranked-wise, is ninth. But they weren't ranked. They were ranked fifteenth last week, so it's not top heavy at all. I mean, any team can win on any given night, and it's impossible right. to win on the road. Right. It's just you could kind of see a separation between. Yeah, a little bit. All right, let's get into um, Michigan State basketball. Dear God, I have so much to say about this, but who knows if I can get it in? Let's start off by saying. Why are no guys except Cassius Winston stepping up to play? Tillman's been bad. Aaron Henry won't shoot the ball. Rocket Watts won't pass the ball. Gabe Brown won't shoot the ball and tries to dribble when he's not a ball handler. Rocket Watts, or um, Foster Lawyer, can only shoot. He cannot dribble, and he's a defensive liability. Kyle Orange is always hurt. Who knows what that guy's doing? Bingham can't guard a single guy. And why the hell is... A six-seven freshman guarding a six-nine power forward, the best power forward in the Big Ten. Yeah, as you can see last night, Lamar Stevens was absolutely manhandling our freshman Malik Hall, and it it just wasn't even fun to watch. I personally, especially the game against Seton Hall at the beginning of the year, loved watching Malik Hall spread the floor, running down guys, blocking taking some charges, stepping up, kind of looks like a leader out there. Yeah, it's all been kind of downhill from here. I mean, he's been solid. I mean, he's been solid for a while now, but he's just been – he was. it's not It's not fair to say he was bad because he doesn't deserve to have to be guarding that type of guy. But he definitely wasn't getting, getting the job done that Izzo put out there for him. Right, and stepping up. Starting at the power forward position over potentially 
Marcus Bingham Jr. or a guy like Tomas Kithier or even a guy like um, Kyle Arns could step in there at the three and move some people down. It's just, it's just not looking good to see a freshman play the amount, the amount of minutes he is for not having so much experience at this level. I wouldn't say it's that. I think it's just because no one else is stepping up, and he's stepped up, but he's just not big enough and strong enough yet. Or not, that's not true. He's not tall enough, and he's just not experienced enough to guard a player like him. Right, and as the years come, as I just don't think he'll. I don't think he'll go out of the go for the draft this year. No, definitely unlikely. not. Definitely not. But he'll he'll improve under under mentoring a guy like Xavier Tillman and other forwards like Marcus Bingham and Thomas Kidier. Yeah. Um. In past years, you've been able to figure out why we're, we've been so bad last year is just because we weren't we just weren't playing we were trying to be some something that we're not we were trying to out dribble everybody and not pass as well as we all the entire team knew we could after we went on well, that three games March, yeah even in february but this team after last night i don't know i mean they turn the ball over so much, and Winston's taking twenty-one shots a game. Twenty-one shots when, and no one else was even taking. Even took ten, and he was the only one in double figures too. So, to think about it, I mean, no one else was shooting more than. No, one, we didn't shoot better than like thirty percent from the field, and Winston shot eight for twenty-one, but couldn't make the two biggest shots of his the game. <coughs> but. And- it was obviously very, I wouldn't say emotional, but it was very heartwarming to see the resigning of Mark D'Antonio at halftime. But I expect something like that to kind of motivate the guys, kind of be like, all right, let's win it. It's his last game. It was his last season. Let's just win. But that they did the complete opposite. Yeah, I just don't see any motivation. I think the only the the only way the only way we become a final four team Aaron Henry and Gabe Brown have to step up that's it Tillman Tillman's having a rough stretch he's been good most of the season Winston's gonna be Winston I mean he had a few game bad games but he's kind of turning on these last two Aaron Henry where where is this guy half the game I mean he's just it acts like like it feels like he's not even there, and he just doesn't do anything. I mean, he's the bet he he's the best play second best playmaker on the team for himself, and he third best. And the other two guys are best point guard in the country, and one of the best ball handlers in the country. Do you think Izzo should start to you know stretch the bench a little bit, see who else could play? No, definitely not. Like he he needs to shrink the bench. If anything, he needs to come up with six or seven guys he feels comfortable in playing, like he did last year, and only play more guys if there's in foul foul trouble. Because when guys are six not, seven. yeah, when guys are sitting out for long periods of time after they play, they're not going to get into a rhythm. That's that's what the main problem was last year. He was trying to stretch the bench and play guys who. 
aren't good enough to be playing. Like Kithier, and he tried to play Bingham, and when he wasn't good, he tried to play Lawyer, and he wasn't anything. He even tried to play Gabe Brown, and he wasn't anything. I, it was better when we had that seven-man bench of seven-man rotation with Winston, McQuaid, Henry, Goins, Ward, Tillman off the bench for most of the year, and Kyle Arns. Gabe Brown didn't play that much, which he didn't really deserve to. But I feel like as we, as I think, as in my opinion, Aaron Henry is a top two, top three best defender on the team. And I think he's just been lost on the defensive side of the ball over the last two and a half months. He's just been lost everywhere. I don't, I don't know what goes through that guy's head every game because... I mean, is he's so trouble? is he like scared to follow? He's so he's such he's a really good player and you just can't figure out it's just I feel like it's the same problem that Duke had with Cam Reddish last year. His he has no motor. It's just how much does he want to play? Like it doesn't feel like he ever wants to take a bunch of shots. I mean there is one good thing that's coming out of this is there's a pretty good chance that Tillman and Henry don't leave as much now, but who wants Henry to stay after how bad he's been this year? I mean, as I would want him to stay and just add some leadership to the team, but his performance right now is just not acceptable. And our front court, Tom Izzo is running a five-man front court rotation with Tillman, with Tillman um, Malik Hall, Marcus Bingham, uh, Thomas Kinthier and the other freshman Marble, but he doesn't play. He he plays a little bit. It's just I just think he's giving the young guys a little too much run at it. Yeah, if if I had to choose, I think he goes to an eight man rotation. He has Winston, Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall. Tillman, Bingham, Watts, and Arns if he's healthy. Because playing these guys like Kithier and Foster Lawyers not helping. Two two Clarkston High School guys just wanted to point that out. But I don't know. I'm getting a headache from all this ranting we're doing. Do you wanna do you wanna move on to this interesting NBA season? Yeah. Let's move on to that. So Woj, Woj hit a Woj bomb. He saw this four-team NBA trade that included players like Robert Covington, Robert Covington, Clint Capella, um, and some picks. And it was with the Rockets, Hawks, Timberwolves, and Nuggets. So that obviously, with two of those teams in contention kind of just switches everything up. Yeah, it's, I mean, there was no, I mean, Clint Capella is a star, but there was no really star players, but it's just going to be a little weird seeing all those guys in different uniforms. Yeah, so the trade was the Rockets received Covington, Bell, Jordan Bell, that is, and the Warriors 2024 second round pick, that will probably mean nothing. The Hawks received Clint Capella, the big name, 
Nene, who hasn't played a single seat minute. The Timberwolves got Malik Beasley, a promising young, young upcoming player. Juancho Hernan Gomez, the Denver power forward. He's just, he's the brother of the Hernan Gomez on the Hornets, but nothing to be excited for. Jared Vanderbilt, a young, another young player. And Evan Turner, just a salary dump. And the Atlanta first round pick. So, also the Nuggets receive Shabazz Napier, Kata Bakes Diop. Gerald Green, Noah Vonley, Rockets first round pick. And so, who do you think were like the winners of this trade? I mean, there are so many moves, so I don't really know because it's it all depends on how those picks turn out. But obviously right now, if I had to say, it would probably be the Hawks because they got the best player. So usually team that gets the best player wins. Right. Clint Capella averaging 14 points, 14 rebounds, and two blocks. Obviously, just a big thing they wanted to run a pick-and-roll guy with with Trey Young, or Ice Trey, you could say. And then, how do you think the trio of Trey Young, John Collins, and Clint Capella will work in the future? I think it's definitely good for the future as Trey Young starts to develop that pick-and-roll game that he's starting to have with John Collins, but now he has another guy. And if they can find, if they can start to get Cam Reddish going and their other young players, then they could be a really good team in a few years. Yeah. The Timberwolves, though, it's just they didn't give up much. It's just did they really value Covington that low they just wanted to get rid of him? Yeah, I don't think that they valued him at the right um the right value, but I mean, we're not NBA GMs and we don't know and we don't always know definitely don't know what we're talking about compared to them. So there's right. definitely a reason why I'll, why this has happened. I mean the big thing they wanted was that Nets first round pick. But yeah. the Nuggets got Napier, Diop, Green, Fonley, Rockets first. I mean, they're just kind of adding to their bench and some young guys to develop. And getting a first-round pick is always nice. It's always valuable. Yeah. Um, let's finish off with our mid-season NBA champion and finals predictions. So, um, do you want to start us off or do you want me to go? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I think... To me, this is relative. This is the in the. Actually, never mind. I do think that in the West, I think that there's after what's happened. Um, we're not going to mention, but if most of you know what we're talking about, after what happened, that tragedy with the Lakers organization, um, I don't think the Lakers can lose this because they just. They just have so much to play for, and they're not going to let a team beat them. At least, especially not. They're definitely going to win the West. I have no doubts that they're going to win the West. And in the East, I know it's this is kind of um, a team out of the of nowhere, but I do think that Philadelphia will win the East. I I, I think they're the most talented team, and in the end, um, 
somebody's going to be able to stop Giannis, and he's going to slow down with playing all these games. So I do think that Philadelphia will beat Milwaukee to get to the finals. And as my finals pick, I, I'm going to stick with what I had with the Lakers earlier. I don't think they can lose. I don't think they'll let it happen. So I'm going to go with the Lakers to win the NBA championship. Um, I am going to disagree with you on both of these. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Clippers, the other team of Los Angeles. I just think they're going to be ready in the playoffs. I think they're going to be really deep, which is going to help them in the long run. And I don't, I don't see a team that's going to beat Lakers besides the Clippers. So in that case, I just think they will meet in the conference championship, but Clippers will come up on top. And in the East, I blatantly disagree. I strongly disagree with you about the 76ers. I just don't think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons will work this together, especially because their best shooter on the team is Tobias Harris and is having a very down year from three. But um, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. They have seven losses in the column. I just, I don't know. I just don't see anyone that's slowing down Giannis. I mean, possibly Anthony Davis, but possibly Giannis or possibly um, Kawhi Leonard, possibly Paul George. And so I just don't know. I just don't think anyone in the East can stop him. And that's but that's in the East. And the Clippers have two guys that I think can't stop him. And so I'm going to take the Los Angeles Clippers to win the NBA Finals. All right. Um, I don't really think we have a lot of time to argue about this. But I think that's going to wrap it up for today, Elliot. Do you think that's I'm right here? Yeah, I think it was a, we got through a lot. Yeah, uh, we're going to thank you guys all for listening, and we'll see you guys next time on the Handle Sports Podcast.